Hi! Welcome to episode 2 of Knits and Stuff. Today is Friday, September 8th, September 6th, and I'm Alicia. Um, today I'll be talking about works in progress, pretty things, local delights, and wibbly wobbly timey wobbly. But first, I'd like to say welcome to those of you that are new, and to those of you that are returning, welcome back. Um, mainly, probably my one viewer, which would be my best friend Miriam. <laughs> Hi! Um, yeah, and if you'd like to follow along, um, show notes are at knitsandstuff.wordpress.com. I'll put something down here, hopefully. Um, and yeah, so let's get started. Uh, you may have noticed that there is a segment that is missing, which is finished objects. Um, I don't know how people can get so much done within a week, and I had two weeks, but I have no finished objects. Uh, but I have a lot of stuff that's close to being done. So um, first nearly done is a sewing project, actually. Um, it's a drawstring bag, which um, I have a tutorial for, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes. And uh, the fabric is from Pearl Soho. It's um, from their fabric scrap pack, which I grabbed while I was visiting New York. And um, the top is just regular cotton, and then the bottom is actually a canvas material. Um, so it's nice and sturdy. And all that's left for me to do is sew the um, lines straight across for the drawstring and get some ribbon or make a fabric string to tie so I can close it up. So, and it's lined on the inside. Um, yeah, so that's sewing project. Uh, I made this on my new sewing machine, which I'm still getting used to, but it's a lot nicer than the one I used to have. Um, but yeah, it was good to try out the new machine. I'm hoping to make some more stuff on it. Um, so my next nearly done uh, knitting project is the Evangeline um, gloves mitts by uh, Michelle said. Sigalmi Shirley, sorry I butchered that, um, and they're in my owl project bag from A Needle Runs Through It, um, <coughs> excuse me, so I am almost done with these, I finished one and I've had to rip these out a lot, um, the, at first I started with 36 stitches around, and then, um, realizing that it was going to be too small, I went back to the 40 um, stitches that the pattern calls for, because I'm using a bigger needle and some slightly bigger yarn, which is why I thought the 36 would be better since I've made these before, but um, the Malabrigo actually is not as big <laughs> as I thought it would be. So, um, doing 40 stitches around, and then I finished one, but I used the Afterthought um, thumb, thumb, yeah, <laughs> and then um, there it was stretching out the back of the fabric, so um, it looked kind of funny, and it was kind of tight, 
So I decided to rip back and do a thumb gusset, which has the increases on um, that you start making in the pattern. And I followed Rachel D's um, project notes, which I'll link to in the show notes. And uh, she has some instructions for doing the thumb gusset. And then um, the only changes that I made will be on this one where um, I cast on one stitch instead of two when I was uh, putting the thumb stitches on the waist yarn. And um, the reason I'm doing that is because when I picked up stitches for this one, I had to pick up five stitches instead of four um, because there were too many holes um, when I picked them up around. So, um, and then I knit two together on the thumb. So I figured I could just knit um, just cast on one stitch instead of two and I don't have to knit two together and I can pick up four stitches. Um, and then I don't have to knit two together on the main part of the glove either because uh, that's the right number of stitches that I need to do the ribbing pattern. And I'm not going to do a full repeat. I'm actually going to have to rip these out a little bit because uh, the ribbing right now is a little short for me and I rather have it a little longer but then the glove itself was too long um, I didn't want it to go up too far over my fingers so um, and I want the rib pattern to start earlier in the cable uh, because it just looks kind of long the cable part so I'm gonna rip back a little bit and then start the um, the ribbing uh, maybe after the seventh or eighth row so that's more work for this one and then this one, I'll be able to do that from the start. So that's the Evangeline. And the next work in progress that I have is the Ginkgo Crescent Shawl. Um, and I showed this last time. Um, right now I'm in the middle of a row. So... I got to the beginning of the lace repeat, um, which you can kind of see. Sorry, I'm going to scroll down on my show, show notes. <laughs> um, so this is the Ginkgo Crescent. It's by Jade Keeney, and um, I'm using the hand spun from a loop bump that I got uh, a couple years ago. And um, it's a self-striping roving, and uh, I got to the purple part last time I wasn't at the purple part yet and then I was able to put a lifeline in um, but I put it in a little bit too late <laughs> and uh, the yarn um, that I was using well so they make these needles that have holes uh, in the base so you can stick your lifeline or your thread through the hole and then as you knit when you reach the end of the row you'll have your lifeline through so you don't have to weave it in and um, I have, I don't have those, but I have uh, the Addy Clicks, the bamboo interchangeable needles. So I stuck the yarn that I had in, um, in between the, the cord and the needle and then kind of pushed it on, which probably isn't the best thing to do, but, <laughs> but I did it and it worked fine. Um, I don't know if it's good for the needles or not, but I also did it. Um, after I started the lace repeat because I forgot about it and uh, it the yarn went through all my stitches but it also went through all my stitch markers so I have the stitch markers hanging on the um, 
waist yarn right now, or on the, the lifeline right now. Um, which is okay because I can still tell where the pattern repeat is because it's a 15 stitch pattern repeat and they have uh, pearl stitches in between each section or at the end of each section so you can tell when the next one's coming up. Um, so the stitch markers aren't really necessary but they made it a little more mindless, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's I haven't made too much progress but that's about as far as I go got. Uh, because it's a lace pattern, I didn't want to. I haven't really been working on it other than when I have a chance to just sit down and look at the pattern. So, but hopefully I'll have it done soon. And then, so that's it for my knitting works in progress. I also have some spinning. This is actually my second take. Um, so everything got moved around. I don't know where I put my drop spindle. Um, so I showed this last time. This is uh, the hand-dyed roll eggs from Daybreak Dye Works, and um, it's on my shacked spindle. Um, I've spun one or two more roll eggs on here, and uh, my plan is to ply them together, make a two-ply yarn. Um, and so spin half of the roll legs up and then wind it off and then spin the other half up. Um, and this is what the roll legs look like. And in case you don't know, um, roll legs are carded fibers that are then rolled off of the comb or card and kind of into a little tube. So it makes it kind of easier to draft, at least for a spindle. It's nice because you have just a little bit to hold and you don't have a big clump of fiber. Um, but then it also makes uh, good for woolen spinning instead of worsted spinning. And worsted spinning is what I'm used to doing. Um, it's where all the fibers are lined up and you kind of inchworm along when you draft out the fiber. But uh, woolen spinning is the fibers don't have to be aligned and then you uh, usually use like a, a long draw technique where you um, pull out a lot of fiber or draft a lot of fiber and then let the twist carry up through the yarn. So I've been doing that with the with the roll legs and it's pretty um, easy to do on the spindle with the roll leg fiber. Um, it's a little bit harder for me to do that on my wheel. So this is good practice. Um, and this is the first time I'm really doing wool and spinning on purpose. <laughs> so that's all for my works in progress which means pretty things. So last weekend, uh, my boyfriend and I went to the Monterey County Fair slash wool auction, and um, funny story, we bought tickets for the wool auction, or for the fair, and then when we got there, um, we got there early because Jasmine from the Knit More Girls podcast, she recommended arriving at 10 to have enough time to look at all the fleeces. And the fair doesn't actually open until 12, so, um, and because it was my first time, I didn't want to spend too long looking at fleeces, so, um, I, we ended up getting there around 11, and then noticed that they didn't have the main gate open, so we weren't sure how to get in, and then we walked around to the side, and, um, the staff guy that was there, 
um, we asked him, oh, can we go in to look at the fleece for the wool auction? Because there are other people around already inside looking at the fleece. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And he didn't ask us for our tickets. So we ended up getting into the fair without actually having to use our tickets. Um, so I guess we didn't need to buy them. But I don't know if that's normal or if that was just a one-time thing that happened, but um, yeah, we got in for free even though we bought tickets for it. <laughs> so um, at the wool auction, they have a bunch of fleeces from local farmers, um, from sheep breeders set up, and they had about 120 of them set out on a table, and you go and you look at them. Um, and then when you register at the table, they, um, they give you a packet list with a list of all the um, different fleeces that they have up for auction. And then you can mark which ones you're interested in. Um, so what I did, I just marked the ones that I thought I might bid on. And then uh, after I sat down, I started writing down how high I would be willing to bid for them. Because some of them can get pretty pricey because they're per pound and like some of the champion fleeces are uh, $34 a pound which is a lot of money if you're gonna get a six pound fleece <laughs> um, but yeah so I um, marked some of the ones I was interested in and then um, when the auction started it was really fun um, it was kind of scary that it was a legitimate real auction uh, with a guy going really fast and he um, so we went through each fleece, and I ended up getting two fleeces. One of them is a Navajo Churro fleece, and the other one is a Cordell Cross. Um, the first one is meant for um, more, it's more of a, I want to say rustic, but it's meant for more like hardier projects. Uh, I've heard it's used a lot in rugs. And then um, the Cordell is much softer than the Navajo Churro, at least the ones that I got. So, um, so I was able to get two, and then I decided that I would try and process them myself. Um, there's a company there called Moral Fleece Works, and uh, she, Sherry from Moral Fleece Works, is set up with her trailer at the wool auction so that after you buy your wool you can hand it off to her and then she can process it and ship it back to you when it's done um, and uh, I think her prices are pretty reasonable but they're still you know per pound so it gets kind of pricey when you get a lot of fleece so um, and I decided well I might as well try processing and see how it goes <laughs> so uh, I brought both of those home and today I this morning I tried to process the Navajo churro. I think about like a third of it. Just started to wash it. Um, and it took maybe like six or seven washes to get it relatively clean. <laughs> um, I had watched uh, Joanna Spring from Knit Spin Farm. She made a video of uh, her processing fleece and she made it seem really easy. <laughs> so. Um, which it actually it wasn't too bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. So I kind of followed what she did and um, just rinsed it out, uh, let it sit in cold water for a while, a few hours, and then um, 
filled a stock pot with warm or really hot water and almost boiling water and then put the wool in and then um, let it sit for about 15 minutes, drain it out and then repeat uh, with the hot water. So I did that about six or seven times and then um, now it's drying and I don't know, it's drying in the garage which I don't know if it's actually going to dry. I might have to stick it outside tomorrow morning but um, but yeah, that was interesting. Not as, as hard as I thought it would be. So I'm going to try and do that for the rest of the fleece that I got. Um, and it's going to take a while. <laughs> and I brought up, um, I'll put a picture of the Navajo churro, um, fleece in here somewhere. <laughs> and then, um, cause that one was really dirty and I didn't want to bring it upstairs. <laughs> so, um, and then I brought up the Cordell cross and this one, they're both, um, the Navajo churro is a gray and kind of gray variegated color and then the Cordell cross is just a black, like, it's like cotton candy. <laughs> um, so it's just a black fleece and it's really pretty and really soft. Um, so I'm excited for this one to spin it up and hopefully make something like a sweater. So, it's exciting. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it for pretty things. We got to enjoy some good fair food at uh, the county fair after the auction was over. And yeah, so that's it for pretty things, which means it's time for wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna scroll up on my show notes. <laughs> Oh, I skipped one. It's time for local delights. So before going to Doctor Who, um, so today I want to talk about a restaurant that's been in Berkeley for a while, unlike Phil's, which is relatively new. Um, there is a pizza restaurant called Cheeseboard Pizza, and some of you may have heard of it. Uh, it's a co-op restaurant, um, employee-owned and they started off making cheese and they used to sell the cheese and that was their store and then they used to use their um the leftovers or their cheese that they made to uh, make pizza for the employees and then they realized that the pizza was really good and they could sell it and then um they started their pizza shop so um what's cool about them is they have only one flavor flavor one topping um, every or type of pizza every day and so Tuesday through Saturday um, they each week they have the menu set out and then um, each day is something different and you can only get that type of pizza that one day so it's not like Domino's or somewhere else where you can choose your toppings and get whatever different pizza you want and um, all their ingredients are fresh local um, as far as I know, <laughs> and uh, they're seasonal too, so like right now they've been having a lot of corn pizza, because summer corn, um, and so they have a lot of different um, unique flavors that you wouldn't normally see in like a regular pizza restaurant. Um, some of them are like uh, potatoes on the pizza, like for an Indian Heritage Day they had uh, curried potatoes which were really good <laughs> on top of the pizza and then um, 
yeah they have the summer corn um let's see they they don't have meat on their pizza it's all vegetarian which i don't mind um i'm not vegetarian but i don't usually have to eat meat um i know some people really like their meat and uh but I think the way cheese board does it, it's really good. Um, you don't feel like you're missing meat. At least I don't. <laughs> so even if you're a hardcore meat eater, I still recommend cheese board because it's amazing. And Miriam, when you come out here, we have to go get it because it's really good. So yeah, that's Local Delights cheese board pizza. It will be linked to in the show notes. So now it's time for Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey. Um, I have been watching, re-watching the new, the newer, the 2005 series of Doctor Who. Um, it's been a few years since I watched, since I started watching it, and um, I wanted to kind of re-watch everything because the 50th anniversary is coming up, so I kind of wanted to refresh my uh, memory about everything that was going on. And, um, yeah, because some of my friends would ask me questions about it because they started getting into it, which is awesome, and you should get into it too, um, that, uh, they started asking me questions that I couldn't even remember what was going on or why it happened, um, so it's been good to go back and rewatch the episodes, and it's not like other shows, um, where I wouldn't really rewatch it, uh, I think you can definitely watch the shows over again um, and there's a lot of things that I didn't pick up on the first time around and like after after knowing the whole storyline and then going back and seeing the characters develop you kind of pick up things that weren't obvious at first although I guess the one example that I have is kind of obvious because there's this one character called Captain Jack Harkness and he's awesome. Um, he is very flirtatious and um, his sexuality is, well, I think he's basically interested in anyone or anything, <laughs> even different like alien species. So uh, he flirts with everyone and everywhere they go. Um, and he, which I didn't pick up on, the at least I think I don't, I didn't pick it up the first time, but he was flirting with the doctor and the doctor was kind of flirting back a little bit so it was kind of funny to see that <laughs> um so yeah and i just finished the first season i'm uh, a little more than halfway through the second season where david Tennant is the doctor and um so the bad wolf thing that happens um in the first season is kind of making more sense to me i think the first time i watched it i wasn't sure what was going on with the bad wolf. I didn't understand the the, sim the symbol of it, um, but now watching it again it's kind of coming together a little bit more. So um, yeah, that's Doctor Who. You should watch it. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. So, um, oh and you might have noticed that the video is a different size this time. Um, I realized that if I uh, shrink the size that my camera records in then it won't stop every 10 minutes so hopefully it should go through to 40 about 45 minutes without having to stop and it's just the way that my camera processes the video um, so everything should be linked to in the show notes and um, 
I think I need to start a Ravelry group, but I should do that soon. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. So I will see you guys in two weeks.